0: Hello and welcome to the Confidence Mastery podcast. Today we have the amazing Scarlett O'Connor joining us. Thank you very much for joining us.
1: Ah, lovely to be here. Thank you for having me on, Natalie.
0: Oh, it's a pleasure. Um, I'm really, really excited about this conversation. I'm always excited about conversations anyway, because I love to have interesting conversations with people. And I really like the way that we've been connected <laughs> through, through the most randomest of ways. And then it turns out that we have a person in common.
1: Yeah. How strange is that? What a small world it actually is, right? <laughs> it is a very small world. We'll
0: talk a bit more about that later. Would you like to give the listeners a an introduction to yourself? Because you will tell it perfectly.
1: Uh, well, yeah, yeah who,
0: who hi, you, like, we'll do it, playing, but I'll do it blind date style, who you are, what you do, who you etc.
1: Okay, so yeah, hi everyone, I'm Scarlett O'Connor, I'm a trauma-informed life and business coach, so really helping professionals to get unstuck, to become the best version of them and achieve their dreams. So yeah, that's, that's kind of me, I'm also a two-times world champion athlete, bodybuilding athlete, and I'm the founder of a company called scars to Strength uh is that is that a good start yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> there's so many things I want to dig into there and I was having a conversation with somebody else recently about trauma and how we've all had some form of trauma in our lives whether we choose to acknowledge it or not is another matter yeah. what was it specifically about that that made you want to help people overcome what they've experienced
1: well, like you mentioned that, I Like most people, a lot of people in this world have been through, like what we call a like, big T trauma, right? And they're they're really aware of it. And then many other people have been through trauma and are completely unaware of it. Now, I don't know why, but since I was a little girl, I, I had this. and I guess it's my voice, but some might people might call it God. Some some people, everybody has a different. Uh, yeah, it puts a different meaning to it. But since I was a little girl, I've told myself my pain has a purpose. And I went through some pretty tough things as a kid, and that it was having that voice and knowing that my pain had a purpose that quite often made me get up sometimes and made me continue and and look towards the light and I guess feel motivated about the future and excited about what the future would bring. But then I had a child at sixteen. And became a mum and so my priority really was to earn money to provide in all the ways I never had and he became my purpose and he became what drove me to to work hard and gain a great career and then uh, I went through more trauma as an adult and I was assaulted in 2015 leaving And my face was destroyed. There definitely was some pretty deep um, uh, scars on my face. And then two years later, uh, I lost my dad. And doing what I'd always done, I got up and got on with it. I repressed how I was feeling. And uh, eight weeks after losing my dad, I crashed my car into a tree at 50 miles an hour. My body gave up before I did. And I experienced true burnout. Um, Now, thankfully, I woke up from a coma, do have these, as you can see on here, some big scars across my head. Uh, And it was like all stapled up. So, yeah, despite having the severe scars across my head, I'm very lucky, grateful to be alive today. And it was after that that I really went on a journey to understand how do these things impact us? Because I knew after that I, I needed to come back stronger. But what I also realised at that point of almost losing my life was that I, I wasn't doing it. I wasn't really happy. And I had a lot to be grateful for. A beautiful sun, or own home, lots of amazing things and great reasons to be grateful and, uh, yeah, to be happy. But inside, I wasn't. And I realised part of that was because I was never serving what I believe is my purpose, which is to help other people. And so that was something that needed to change. I needed to change careers. I needed to go on a path to, to become a healer, to become a coach. And it was a long studying, actually, and learning about how, how our brains work. Um, I have spent the last seven years studying neuroscience. How does trauma and the adversities we face impact our brain? Well, why does, do some people achieve things and others not? Like, it. I became obsessed with human behavior like wanted to know like why am I the way I am Uh, because I've done things in the past that I don't really understand made choices that I don't really understand and so I wanted to know like I wanted to know about myself at a deeper level and I also wanted to know why well yeah some people achieve success and others don't why some people have got confidence and others haven't like how does that really work and It was upon really studying the brain, how the adversities we go through affect us, uh, what trauma does to us. I realised that this is a big reason that many people are stuck in life Because quite simply, we don't get taught how our brain works. We don't get taught what an amazing machine this is or how to use it. And so many people are living life as an adult with lots of responsibilities and lots of things to do and don't, don't actually understand how their brain works or how to get the most out of themselves so yeah I've really want on a journey to to understand it and uh, I think that's one of the biggest gaps in our education system and oh, the reason that lots of professionals yeah don't understand how trauma actually impacts us affects us
0: and a lot of that happens as as a child, and then we take that on, don't understand it, yeah. and then as we grow and become adults, we do things, and like you say, why am I doing this when there's actually a, a deeper reason, but we don't know why, and then we keep going through these cycles of, like, destructive
1: behaviour that doesn't serve yes. anybody. Yeah, completely. And I think what a lot of people tend to do as well is think, like, oh, well, I'm... Uh, like justify it, justify their actions or justify their reactions or justify where they don't do something. Or because, And again, because they see it through their world and their beliefs. And um, I was speaking to a client recently and she was studying with the feeling of, like feeling remorseful, like just that she actually struggles with that. And it's really clear that's because she holds so much anger. So she's not connected to the other emotions like there's a lack of empathy there and that's not because she's not a nice person she's an absolute wonderful person but she's been through a lot and she's carrying it all with her right and she's been carrying it with her since she was a child but again what what she said and what most people tend to do is go well i haven't had it as somebody else my mm. stuff isn't that bad yeah somebody else has had it uh, somebody else has had it worse than me it's like yeah but you don't live somebody else's life. You haven't lived their life, you've their joys. And like when you're a child, like when you're a baby, when you're a young child, you, you've never been through anything. So the first time that you experience emotions, the first time that you feel angry, it doesn't matter if at 30, 40, 50, 60, whatever age you are, you look back at it and go, wow, you know, there's no reason for me to be angry or that I like, actually, I've had stuff happen in my adulthood that makes me more angry. Well, the chances are you're still carrying it because, as a child, it made you bloody angry because yeah. <laughs> you were a kid. <laughs> and anger is just one of the uh, uh, the most powerful emotions that we have. And when we're carrying that stuff, it it impacts everything. It, yeah. it impacts us from ever being the the best people that we can be.
0: It's not a very nice one to hold on to either, is it? I've had a long period of my time where I was very very angry. And I'd have this red mist come. And once that red mist came, like that's it. Like there's no getting through to me. Um, yeah. luckily, or not luckily, well, yeah, luckily, <laughs> luckily for other people, I don't get that angry anymore. That red mist doesn't come because I've learned yeah. to channel my emotions in the right way. And identify, yeah. okay, well, why was I feeling all of that in the first place? And um, because otherwise you can't, you can't fix it if you don't know where it, technically originate from how do you help people to identify where their trauma begins so you can start to heal
1: so I've actually released a program on this because I used to do this one-to-one with clients so over the like studying and learning uh, neuroscience qualifying as NLP and hypnotherapy master learning about the impacts of narcissistic abuse um, and how that impacts a child I developed a program called master emotions heathen and i was just working with one client's one to one doing this for a long time and it's it's transformational i mean it transferred my own life transformed my own life it allowed me to let go of the anger that uh, i was similar to you and just carried it my yeah. whole life and it was impacting many things uh, but yeah it, it it's transformed each of my clients lives and it's it's really a catalyst Uh, to help them become their best version of them Uh, so this year I actually released it into an online program so it's something now that people can go through without having to work with me uh, without having to spend hours with me in a yeah on a phone or over zoom while we identify and get back to it but a great way to know usually like if you are carrying stuff from your childhood is that if you can think of something that happened in your childhood and when you think of that thing happening, it comes back to you vividly. Then the chances are it's got emotion attached to it, and that it's that's the reason you can remember it vividly because it's the same as I, I imagine. That's you, you've got things in your childhood that make you really happy, and you and even though you might not even it might be difficult to even think about what you did yesterday, recall what you did yesterday or last week, you can somehow recall that memory immediately yes. and vividly and when you talk about whatever that thing is you'll feel happy and excited and you'll just go straight back into that moment and that's because it's got happy emotion there Mm -hmm. and it's the same with negative emotions if they're stuck to memories then they stay stuck there and so if you're if you're thinking oh yeah have I got stuff am I holding on to stuff then that's a really great great way to recognize like Okay, yeah, there is there's memories back there that I can recall, right, whether you're like I said 30, 40, 50, 60, that you can recall a memory from all those years ago. And when you recall it, it's not nice. It takes you back to it vividly, brings back that emotion. Um, then yeah, that can be a great way. And and it's really important to do this because what I realize now is that this is how generations of trauma continue. Mm-hmm why it doesn't I I like to think like I'm nothing like my parents right and made a commitment to be nothing like them and spent and I like I've achieved great things and I have been nothing like them but I was like you in that I, I carried all this anger with me and carrying that anger did mean that I would get upset when I didn't need to that my son would get the front of that yeah that I would shout or get angry over the smallest little thing, which in reality is a tiny thing. But it's it was all because I was carrying this anger with me. It wasn't because I'm a bad person. It wasn't because uh, it's, it's just because I was carrying this anger with me. And it shows up in so many ways. Like I was speaking to a client recently and they get real bad road rage all the time. Now, the reality is, it isn't really those people on the road that's really frustrating them. It's that they're carrying they're carrying stuff. Mm-hmm. They're carrying so much stuff with them that it comes out. It comes out on their employees when their employees don't do good right? or don't do what they say. Instead of recognizing that their employees are human beings and there might be a for reasons, they haven't done it, and not just because I don't know they don't listen or they don't respect you or whatever those meanings are you put into it. um Yeah, it, it comes out. This these emotions can come out in so many ways if they're being bottled up.
0: I totally totally relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> so much stuff.
1: <laughs> <When> it comes <laughs>
0: out, you take it out on the wrong people, and that ends up affecting like your relationships. Them. And then you end up even more miserable and more angry because you you don't feel like you're supported or surrounded by like good people. Yeah. And that's how you can then end up like in the wrong crowd, doing the wrong things, which is part yeah. of what what happened to me. And um, but then you know taking responsibility for not necessarily if something's happened to you, but how you respond to it, I think is, oh, 100%. is a hundred percent thing to being able to then like process it and and release it
1: a hundred percent Cause you think as well like most of the things that we like get affected by is like because of what we're going through or because of somebody else and that is it that taking responsibility is so key because when we get angry frustrated or have a all we're doing is affecting somebody else like we affect ourselves, which leads, like you said, ourselves to self-sabotaging behaviour, uh, to not feeling into well-being, can lead to depression, anxiety. But the person on the other side of that, like if that's somebody you love and care for, particularly, like what a shame to then be the cause of what's then affecting them. Yep. And that's why I think it's really like this is this is the cause of generations of trauma. It's, it's not it's not being self-aware. Mm-hmm. It's not understanding. Like your own stuff, how you're programmed, and also having the awareness of how your your shit impacts other people. Yeah,
0: um, it's that like that, like the cycle of abuse, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, and it is. And and the thing is, like, I'm not an abuser, right? I'm not i not a bad person. Mm-hmm. I know that a hundred percent. And uh, despite carrying this anger, and maybe getting it uh, defensive when I didn't want to get defensive or being short fused when I didn't really want to be short fused. Um, The reality is that would have still injured my son. Mm. That will still injure my relationships. That will still, it doesn't matter if I'm a good person or not. If I'm not aware of my own self and able to, Show up as my best self and not actually hurt other people like, unintentionally. And, and that's what it is, isn't it? Most of it's unintentional. It's unconscious patterns, unconscious behaviors which run us, which we don't understand. And therefore, they just cause us damage. They cause us damage, they cause others damage, and pain. And then it the just carries on and on and on. And and then and there's and a knock on
0: effect. Then, then no, nobody talks to anyone, yeah. and everyone's miserable and lonely
1: oh and it's so sad by like the amount of uh, marriages relationships families that break down because of this when actually if if I educate I really do think a lot of it has to do with our education system and if our education system was was better if this was included like the people actually left school with a self-awareness on understanding how their brains programmed then they would have more awareness and understanding for others as mm-hmm. well. The school um, system
0: isn't made for that though, it's made to churn out the workforce. No. So it's it's getting it, it to sad. the younger generation in another way, because folk like, trying to teach entrepreneurship, like that's not gonna work in a school. Financial education, there's a reason they don't teach it. Yeah.
1: But isn't that sad? Yeah isn't that isn't that sad like so many people in the world are struggling like whether it be financially mentally emotionally physically like so many people are struggling in the world but the reality is like your program you you have a brain like you, everything you do every day is because your brain your brain is like i always refer to it as like a computer
0: mm-hmm.
1: and yet most people don't understand how their computer operates you yeah. know They've just got all these responsibilities and shit to deal with and stuff to face. And they don't actually understand how they're operating. Mm. Well, if
0: like, you think about it, you put on, on a laptop, you put your on, put your antivirus on, you do your restart, your updates and new software, etc. So if you do that for something that you work on, why would you not
1: do that to yourself? But it's again, it's, it's, most people don't even have that understand it. No. They don't think about why they do certain things or don't do certain things or why they can't do so There's no awareness of even understanding that the brain is like a computer. But it's the most and I, powerful I most of my life in, in the place. world, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> Which is now why I'm so passionate about teaching this and sharing this. And yeah. This is now my like new mission in life because it's, I, I spent most of my life in that place. I mean, I carried all this all these emotions with me, completely unaware, unaware of how much damage they were doing to me, unaware of what they were doing to other people. Like I, I had no idea before, like even what anxiety was. And um, because I've always been, I guess like a bit of a warrior, like get up, get on a bit, set goals, high achiever. Um, I would have never thought that I suffered with anxiety. I'd heard the word a few years back, and it was like, "Oh yeah, I know other people do, but I would never have that." Right? And then I realized, like along my journey, that because my mum, my mum kicked me out when I was twelve, and she said, "I don't want you anymore," and that was it. She, She kicked me out, she closed the door behind me, and she never looked back.
0: Yeah.
1: Now I knew really that I had this pain I was carrying, but. I had no idea of how much that pain was hurting me, and it wasn't something I wanted to face. Right, because as far as I was concerned, I'm all right. But I look at me; I'm achieving great things. I've, mm-hmm. I've got my own home, I've got a fast car, I've got money in the bank. Things are good. I'm a good mum. Like, right? so I, I didn't. I didn't want to face it. But what I've realised, like during the journey, is that I had a fear of abandonment, mm-hmm. a real fear of abandonment, and that fear of abandonment showed up all the time. And I did suffer with extreme anxiety. I think I spent most of my life with PTSD, but completely unaware. Because mm-hmm. I had no idea what PTSD was. I didn't know how these things affect us. I didn't know I didn't know any of this stuff. It was so like I think there's just a, a yeah, a, a big gap in like awareness for people.
0: But that must have been difficult to to have dealt with, especially at that age.
1: Very. Yeah, and it can and it that's what I mean, it continued to be, it wasn't there, it wasn't ever yeah. like I didn't know it was there. I just didn't realise how much it was hindering me. Mm. How um, did you how did you then process
0: that and learn to I suppose not live with it but deal with
1: the emotions that come with that? Uh that's a good question. I mean at the time, I think I ran for a few years when I was a teenager in a bit of shock with it all. Just didn't really I remember the moment that my mum by the moment my mum kicked me out it was, I, I was I was in shock I was in absolute shock I turned up a few days after I'd been kicked out and uh, she said i go and collect my stuff and I turned up to the uh, we lived in flats at the time and I turned up to the flat and there was a note on the door and it said your stuff's in the bin room and I remember just looking at it and I cried at that point I was like why would she do that to me like why would she put my stuff in a communal bin room mm-hmm. And I've walked along, and as you're as you're going uh, along the corridors, you can kind of look back to the houses. And as I'm walking along, I've looked back and I can see the window. What was my front room window? And my mum is stood there with a new boyfriend and his kid, and they're all just giving me the finger. And I I can't hear obviously what they're saying, but I remember just looking around then, like, is this actually happening? Happening, Like, Is this actually? happening and yeah it was it was very painful I tried taking my own life when I was a teenager a couple of times uh, because I couldn't I wanted to escape the pain but I've realized over the years that self-love is really important that learning to take the positives Mm-hmm. Which most people like, you hear that, do you? you take the positives from this shit situation you've been through? Yeah. And most people are like, what yeah. how? you don't realize it when you're the going time, through you? No, and that's the thing when you're going through it, it's very difficult to take the positives. But the moment that you can anything, anything that you can take, like it doesn't matter how small it is, if there is something that you can take out of it that's positive, then that, like I really do think that's key. That's mm-hmm. really helpful. How- sure um and I and I recognize lots of positives along the way like my mum's a narcissist I Mm -hmm. I didn't know that again awareness so the word I had for my mum for most of my life was c-u-n-t which probably the only time I used that word but uh, (laughs) I didn't know what else to call it (laughs) 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 yeah and she is right but I I, that was the only word I had for her because Mm. I had no understanding of uh, any of this Like, I now understand that chances are she suffers with NPD and narcissistic personality disorder. Uh, Even just understanding that, like, I think awareness in life is so, so important. Mm. Um, But yeah, understanding, like, who, who she is, having that word, being able to understand narcissism. And then how does that affect me as a person then? I, how has that affected how i show up in the world um like this podcast is about confidence well i didn't have confidence for years like you people would have thought i did because i was a fighter mm-hmm. so people thought i was confident because i see i was probably running in fight mode with ptsd yeah. for most of my life in a mask so on the mask. outside yeah it looks like she's confident putting a mask on and getting to become a coping mechanism it's mm-hmm. like a, a way to deal with it guards up right I can take on the world right and so people think you're you're confident um but I was never confident inside and even understanding that like how does how does being raised by a narcissist affect our self-esteem our self-worth our confidence uh recognizing that I, I remember reading a, a book actually um oh, I can't remember the name of it but I have to find it after this um I remember reading a book at the beginning of this journey, and I opened up the book, and it and it was talking about um, yeah the impacts of narcissistic abuse as a kid, and it was like I oh, see I saw myself yeah. in this book and on this paper, and I was like oh my god, oh my god, somebody who understands me. There's and because this is me, this is and it, until that point, I think I always felt so different, yeah. like. So lost, so so different to everybody else, and like nobody could understand. Like right? nobody could understand me. And I remember reading that book and just being like, "Boom!" Like, mm-hmm. "Wow, shit! This is this is me on paper." Which means somebody else has been here. Which yeah. means somebody else knows what this feels like. Which means I'm I'm not alone right in this. That somebody else knows knows what it's like to be
0: here I think unfortunately there is an awful lot of that kind of thing that goes on and like the people on the receiving end don't understand it because it's not so widely or hasn't been so widely spoken about I am seeing a lot more people speak out about things like that now and I don't know if that's something to do with the circle of people I'm moving now or or what but I'm definitely seeing there's like a shift in energy (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah and yeah I think we have to be careful with that as well because I remember when I first started finding out about narcissism and I joined all these like different Instagram pages or different social media groups and uh, anybody who's doing that like just a fair warning be careful what you're consuming because Mm -hmm. Jesus some of this stuff can make it so much worse Mm -hmm. like it can make it so much and you could be looking outside thinking everybody is a narcissist and everybody up on the tiniest like, little thing one person does when yeah and the reality is we're all human beings right and I, I seen some at the end the other day actually it was on a, a page about narcissism and it was this lady and she was saying about how I don't know if a guy acts like if a guy acts like this or he acts like that or he acts like this or he acts like that then that's it I'm out of here you're just like, well, I I think years ago, to be honest, I would have probably that would have been me, right? Because I didn't understand humans, didn't understand us um, and yeah. why we do act or react in certain ways, and um, why sometimes we do feel anxious, why we might feel indecisive, why uh why we might show love in a certain way and not maybe the way that somebody is wanting it to be shown. And I, I read this the other day, and I was like, geez, if. If everybody thought like that, nobody would be in a good relationship no. because you'd be pushing everybody away. Because reality is, like you mentioned at the beginning, Natalie, that like, pretty much everybody's been through trauma, mm-hmm. and in one, form <laughs> one another, yeah.
0: And whether that you know, problem. and what what you said about um, your client, and you know, or no, nobody, or other people have bigger problems. Well, yeah. it doesn't matter because your problems are still relevant to you in your life and, and what you're living through. Yes, there exactly. will always be someone going through worse, but there'll always be someone going through better. That doesn't take away the fact that what you're going through is an issue for you, and you need yeah. to to process and deal with that. So you obviously put on that fight mask and thought, like, I don't know, fuck you, I'm gonna be successful anyway. So you took yourself through that in the way that you knew how to at that time. You know, you had your son, you became a great mum, and you were successful in your career, and then. We see burnt out to the point of real trauma and, <laughs> and it's so strange like I, I can understand a lot of what if I had a car accident in Barbados and ah. like it just I, I, luckily I, I didn't even go to hospital and I don't know I probably had concussion Um just remember the car rolling over facing the other way and um, Like I was on my way to the gym, eight o'clock in the morning, hit a pothole and, and you know, climbed out of it. And I don't think I processed that for a very long time because I climbed out of the car. Like these five guys came over and the hire car company bought me a new car and I drove home. Yeah. But actually what could have happened could have been a lot worse. And so thinking about all of, you know, those things and how you process it, you've been through a lot of training and a lot of learning to understand how your brain works in order to, to then help other people. So what was the driving factor? Obviously you recovered from, from the coma, which is fantastic. I'm glad you're alive. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) And, and, you know, to help share with, with, with other people, because you know, if if we don't talk about these sorts of things, there will be people that just remain stuck.
1: Yeah, well, I think that 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 is that was what the catalyst was because I spent like my whole entire life with a lot of pain, and it it really it affected me, it affected my relationships, it affected yeah. my mental emotional health. It like whilst I might have been achieving some great things, like it was hindering me in so many ways, and. I, I always felt so alone like I didn't have friends around me or other people thankfully who, did, who had a narcissistic mother and kicked them out or abandoned them right so didn't have people around me who could relate um, and so yeah I just always felt so different and then it was after the the coma that I wanted to understand human behavior I wanted to understand myself and when I started going on that journey it, that's when I realized that there's so much pain in the world mm. and that. I really wasn't alone. Like, I started joining these forums, narcissistic mothers, for instance, and it was like, wow, there's people who are, I don't know, 60, 70, 80 years old and are just realising at this point that their mothers are narcissists and that they've been affected their whole entire lives. And it's stopped them from ever being in loving relationships. It's, It's hindered their their health, it's hindered their self-esteem, their self-worth, their confidence. Mm-hmm. And they're only just becoming aware of it. And I spent a long time uh, understanding, okay, so this is narcissism. This is why somebody becomes narcissistic. This is the input effects on a child. But what I couldn't find was, well, how do you do anything about it? Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, there's a gap. Okay, so great, right. Could find out all this stuff, can get really... Uh, angry or or happy that you have become aware of it that that's great but what do you now do so great got, got it so and I looked around and I was like so what are the options at this point well you either go to a doctor and you get prescribed medication which I've never done that despite the adversities of I faced with and I, I think that when we're on not that I have done, but many of my clients have. When you're on medication, it doesn't allow you to develop the coping skills mm-hmm. in order to be able to overcome that adversity and others in the future. And let's be honest, you face adversities all the time in life. So you need to have coping skills. Yeah. You, need, you need to know. Right? Um, and then the other option was to go to a counsellor. And uh, I'd never found personally that that was very helpful for me either. Mm. That actually... Yeah going back over stuff and a counsellor getting you to go back to the time it happened and what you felt and what you went through and uh, I didn't I felt actually traumatizing if anything mm-hmm. so I was like okay so this is the options I can see this is your am about they're not an option that I think helps actually to overcome this and to increase your self-worth your self-esteem your confidence to let go of this pain you've been carrying so yeah I, I made it a mission of mine to find out how do we do it and so that I could be in a position to actually help others, I right? not not just help them to become aware, but actually help them to to let it go, to learn how to love themselves. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, we all need themselves. to do that. We do, we do. And that you know that's something else that's really sad because uh, I think if you'd asked me years ago, do you love yourself? I'd have been going, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I'm proud. I've achieved a lot. I've got yeah, yeah, yeah. I I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no i didn't and i realize now through everybody i work with and even just conversations with people all the time that this is something many people in the world struggle with this yep. is not a yeah this is a problem many I, I i met a guy the other day actually um and he said i i don't understand how i could ever love myself i've i've done i've made too many mistakes that's
0: that is such a shame we all make mistakes but as part of what
1: you are and
0: as long as you're learning from them and not continually repeating the same mistakes i mean you might do for a while but if you you know come to a point and you realize it and he's obviously realized it yeah yeah
1: take the next step but this is the thing isn't it we don't i don't know what adult you're an adult because you're 18 you're an adult because it's funny 21. What does that really mean? Because people mean? think then, because they're an adult, that they're not they're not meant to make mistakes, that they're not okay for making mistakes. That It's like, well, what happened? Because you were at one point a child,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? And then you suddenly became an adult. You suddenly had all these responsibilities. You suddenly got, you're suddenly living a life, doing things you've never done before, uh, faced with situations you've never been in before. But yet you think you should what have all the answers and mm-hmm. be perfect, whatever this idea of perfect is. not exist. Uh, doesn't exist. And it's, we're all humans, like we're all learning. It's like you said then, the, the the most powerful thing we can do in life is take responsibility for what is ours and learn from it. Yeah. The more time that you spend beating yourself up because of the mistakes you've made, then the more likelihood you're one, probably going to make it again, and two, you're going to self-sabotage, you're going to yeah. put yourself in a bad place. Like, and that ain't helping you, which ain't helping anybody. No. like, it's just a very, very poor cycle
0: of, of bad shit. But there's a lot of good that can come from it. So you obviously mentioned at the beginning that you have been an amazing bodybuilder, competed and won um, numerous competitions. What got you into that?
1: uh this as well so uh I started I started exercising in my 20s I realized that I was quite unhappy with my body and I was getting a bit of a ribbon from a guy I was working with at the time he was about 20 years older than me and uh could out could just well he was just very fit and I was very unfit I was a party girl right I was a mum but on the weekends when I didn't have my son yeah uh well the nights when I did have my son I was a party girl and so Uh, that was when I began to get fit and I spent 10 years or so uh, working working out going to the gym uh, initially because I wanted to do something about my body and my baby belly but what I soon realized after I started exercising despite how hard it was is that I felt felt great for it Mm -hmm. that that helped me to improve my confidence that helped me to improve my self-esteem that it I mean, the benefits are huge. Um, huge! I was, <laughs> it, I was bang on about it all the time. <laughs> There's like you feel so much better, and you, even it's even more rewarding on the days you don't want to do it. When you make yourself get up and do it anyway, it's it's like, damn, yeah, come on! If I can do that on the day I don't want to, Well, else I mean? can I do? Like, what else can I do yeah it's 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 fantastic for increasing self-esteem for increasing your confidence for increasing your self-worth for feeling great mentally emotionally like it's it's a really great tool and then after my accident so I I couldn't work out for about eight months uh because of the head injury Mm. and so when that January came and I knew I could get back to the gym it was like right okay back to the gym I can get back to this and I I said to myself that January, right, I'm coming back stronger this year, but I'm going to do things differently. And I I knew that I wanted to change careers. Uh, I had a great career in IT, and and, and it was fantastic. It it wasn't that there was anything wrong with my career. I just didn't feel like I was living my purpose. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, right, okay, I know I need to change careers. That isn't going to happen overnight, so I'm going to start working on that. But if I want to if I believe that you can overcome anything, right, and you can make your dreams possible, then, and, and I had done that, right? I'd, I'd already done that, gone from nothing to in six figures, gone from, like, no education to great, great career. Like I'd, done, I'd gone from, what I say, scars to strength throughout my life. But I was back with scars. This time I had scars and staples across my head, and I mm-hmm. wasn't in my power. I had been knocked back down. And so... I, I knew that if I wanted to go out there helping people, then I needed to first become my best self. Yeah. And we were saying about this before the um, podcast, actually, Natalie, about how sometimes you don't know your how. Mm-hmm. You just know. You just know. You know right? the end goal. You goal to, you'll figure you it out. You know the end goal. <laughs> you figure it out. And things come into your path, right? And that's how your how becomes clearer. Like you don't need to know. You just need to begin taking steps, begin taking actions. I knew 100% I was going to come back stronger. I knew I was going to change careers. I didn't know exactly how it was all going to work at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I initially started with, right, okay, let's understand then. What careers are out there? How can I help people? That was the first thing I'm doing now. And I was like, right, well, if I want to be at my best and I want to be at my strongest, I need to get back to the gym. I haven't been able to go for eight months. I can go again now. And so I got back to the gym. And then a guy in the gym actually said to me, You lift a lot of weight, you lift pretty heavy. You should uh you should power lift. And I went home that day. I had no idea. Right. I've gone to the gym for me for the last 10 years. I don't know what powerlifting yeah. is. <laughs> and I, like, I come back and I Googled it. I was like, powerlifting. And I looked and I was like, oh no. No, 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 no. It's just not for me. And then I saw this competition and it said, uh, it was in Bristol right which was the city I lived in um uh fit mum uh 25 pounds to enter right and I went fit mum I've spent 10 years on working on this body I'm a fit mum <laughs> I had a six pack at that point which oh my god go back 10 years ago I'd never have even thought that was possible mm-hmm. I had a saggy baby belly and just couldn't have even it would have been it was like a dream which came true through work and effort like uh, working hard towards it and so I sat there and I was like okay it, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna do it so I entered and then the next day I got a call from the lady who runs it she was like hey you've entered this competition um so have you got your eye walk? have you got your bikini have you got your tan books have you got your and I was on the end of the corner, like, oh my God, you're talking another language. Like, it's like I've just heard Japanese telephone, the <laughs> it. I don't know what you're saying to me. And she was like, Pardon? Um, you realize it's in five weeks' time. And I was like, What is? And she was like, The bodybuilding competition you entered.
0: <laughs>
1: so my jaw dropped, like, Pardon? I entered some fit mum thing. <laughs> so, Next one, I was investing £50 to go and spend an hour with her to find out uh, everything I would have to do. And my mind was blown because I realised at that point I was going to have to go on prep. And that meant not having alcohol, not having chocolate, not having the things I enjoyed. It meant I'd have to stick to a diet, do all this cardio, which I didn't really do. Uh, And at the end of it, I'd have to get tanned up and I'd stand on stage uh, in nothing but a bikini. Mm -hmm. And I'd show off my muscle which terrified me but as much as it terrified me it really excited me and I was like okay this is this is my thing this is I'm going to do this for me like I'd already made a commitment I'm going to come back stronger and and it was mentioned we just don't know how sometimes right Mm -hmm. how we're going to do it but that the how became clearer at that point it's like yeah I'm going to do I'm going to do it for me, and I'm not going to let fear hold me back. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was studying how does the brain work. I was and under- beginning to understand that what I'd been through as a child had impacted my self worth. It had impacted my confidence. It did impact my self esteem, and I was learning all of this. And it was like, wait, then I'm not letting it. Like, I'm not going to stay as I've always been. No, I'm not. I'm not letting that. Or what I've been through hinder me. So yeah, I I, I decided to start competing. And um, I thought I'd do it the once, and then that would be the end of it. You get addicted. I, I I I yeah, I enjoyed it far more than I imagined I would. I yeah, I enjoyed it far more than I imagined it I would. So that was it. It was like right, okay, I'm doing this again. And then I found a competition actually in the UK. If you won in the UK, they would take you out to America. And at the same time that that happened, uh, actually at my first show, Nathan was there. <laughs> and Nathan said to me, you've got to do this again. Yeah. And I was like, no, 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 I'm just going to do it the once. You <laughs> know what I mean? just, and he was like, no, 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 you're going to do it again, but I'll coach you. And a couple <laughs> weeks later, we spoke on the phone and I was like, Okay, so I've seen a competition. If you win, they'll take you back to America. And I didn't tell anybody else, but I remember saying to him on the phone, I know it sounds crazy, Nathan, but I want to go from a coma to Miss Atlas. And he was like, well, then we'll make it happen. Yeah. And And you did it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) In 2019, I went out and, yeah, I won and become Miss, Miss Atlas, which was which was amazing. And having, um, I think that's really like, important in life, actually, is uh, or, or certainly helps you to achieve things, is when you have somebody behind you who believes in you. Mm-hmm. It makes like, a huge difference. Knowledge, yeah. Information that you don't have as well. Like, I know nothing about competing. I know nothing about bodybuilding or prep or any of that stuff. And Nathan had all of the information I didn't have. He had all the tools that I didn't have and he believed in me yeah and those things combined like yeah I think that's a really really
0: good point actually like the people you surround yourself with and the people who help you make such a difference because if you don't have that support in those moments where you start doubting yourself or you want to give in or you want to like hide under the duvet for a week like they don't let you And that's the sign of a good coach, even like a good friend, a good mentor, like having that kick up the bum and and a cuddle at the same time sometimes is what you need.
1: Oh, I love that. Kick up the bum and a cuddle. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'd have loved to have gone from coma to Miss Atlas on my own. But the reality is I didn't know. I didn't know everything that Nathan knows. Um, And even, even if I had, I'd still like, no, it just wouldn't have been... It wouldn't have been possible without having him as well. Like it took me to say, right, this is my goal, this is what I want to do. And it's taken me to actually do the work and show up every day and make it yeah. happen. Yeah. But it if it hadn't been for having him at my side with, with the information, the tools, the support to 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 help me make it happen, yeah. it 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 wouldn't have happened. I mean,
0: it's so, so
1: grateful <laughs> Oh, I know. I'm so I was so grateful to have come up to for that to have happened. Do you know what I mean? For him to be to be in my life, to have been in my life, to have helped make that possible. I, I don't think uh I'll ever be able to thank him enough. Oh, well, that's so nice. Yes. Oh. Well, right. that's how we know each other, yeah. right? Now
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how random is that we have the same coach like we have the same coach
1: <laughs> what a great coach to have
0: he really is and like he listens to everything like I I, I, yeah. I just
1: <laughs> yeah well I've actually known Nathan since I was about 19 um and I spent for what over 10 plus years as his friend and I always used to look at him and think oh god I could never do that Fair play to you. I could never. Oh, you're like a you you live like a different world than I do. I like to party and drink yeah. and I like to do my thing and uh could have never would have never seen that coming. That actually well, that's the I beauty of know.
0: life though, isn't it? Like it it takes you on a different path and a different journey. And then like you've seen this from somebody else and realize yeah. actually you can do that.
1: Yeah. And I watched him. He, when we were about 19, he was a Tyler. And then in his twenties, he was suddenly this worldwide muscle uh, champion who was being sponsored by companies like BSN. And uh, I remember just being, I was so inspired by him. So inspired by his work ethic, by what he achieved, yeah. by how he stuck to his dreams and made them happen. And so, yeah, to. to I think that's something else that was really lovely, is that I've worked with and worked with somebody who inspires me. Yeah. Who I feel inspired by. Like, it's not it's not just a, any old coach who knows what they're doing. It's a man who I've looked up to for years, yeah. who I admire and in, am and inspired by. Because I know that, and I've watched that journey, is it didn't just come overnight. So... Those yeah. things don't
0: happen overnight, do they? And that's that's, that's really such a beautiful thing that like you've seen him yeah. progress, and then got help from him to help you progress. Oh. one one of my clients said that to me recently. Actually, that he's seen he's he's been with me from the beginning, from about five five or six years ago, and it was about two weeks ago, I think. She said that he actually said, "Obviously, I've been with you from the beginning, and I've seen your growth." And the value you bring in like that would like, say, if I cried, like I would have brought tears to my eyes. Oh, oh um, how beautiful. So it's just, it's nice to know that people do take inspiration from others and then work with them and don't, like, you didn't look at him and think, oh, you, you know, you're so much better than me or whatever, because actually it's a different journey. And then valuing the support because you've seen him grow over that period of time as well and make things happen. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, and, yeah, to have, like, to be inspired so much by him and then have him supporting me, was it's just such a gift. It's just such a gift. But what you said, I think it's really important as well, about the, you just never know what's where life's going to take you. Mm -hmm. And and too many people stay stuck on that.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: worrying so much about the future or what's going to happen or how they're going to make something happen or where it's going to, like, you, we'd never know. We spoke before the podcast about COVID. Like, you just never know. It doesn't matter how much you try to predict the future. <laughs> you never know what's going to no, happen. Well, what so we predicted. couldn't have
0: predicted that, but the, uh, I think the world elites did. <laughs> yeah. That's,
1: that's <laughs> another coma. conversation, though. I would have never thought that uh, that I'd end up in a coma. No. And almost lose my life. Like... Uh, it's really sad because I actually looked up a stat the other day for my Facebook group. because um, I was just talking about well, like, why it's so important to live life. And uh, I read a it was like, I don't know, third week in January or something this year, 18,000 people in the UK died alone. And that's just normal stat, average week. And that's from a number of different courses. Like, yeah. But 18,000 people in one week in the UK. So that's average numbers. Like everybody seems to think they've got loads of time or like worrying about what's gonna happen. Like you literally get one life and you have no idea. No idea. In 2017, I could have gone to work that day and that could have been it for me. Mm-hmm. I my son would have no mum and my life would have never continued. Um it would it would just happened and that would be it. And everybody would be moving on, life would be carrying on, and that that would be it, over. And we we just never know, right? So I know that your podcast is around confidence and this is how you gain, like, confidence is like a muscle, right? You need to build mm-hmm. it, you need to take mm-hmm. action, you need to believe in yourself and make it happen, right? And if there's any kind of motivation, like, certainly for me, after almost losing my life, it's like, life is for living. Yeah, life's like, too short to be miserable.
0: That's one of my answers.
1: Yeah, I love that. And one of the lines I say is, it's never too late. So the amount of people I meet and they go, oh, if I'd done something 10 years ago. And it's like, well, are you breathing now? Do it now. Do it now. <laughs> stop waiting. Otherwise, yeah. in 10 years' time, if you're lucky to still be here and be alive, right? Let's be realistic, not, not horrible, but realistic. Yeah. Then you're going to be looking back again and saying, Oh, in, if I'd done this 20 years ago, if I'd mm-hmm. done that, like stop waiting. Stop.
0: Exactly. Stop, like, stop and just do it. Just just give just it a do go. It. That's exactly why I I came to Mallorca, why I've been traveling. I've been like all over different places in the world by myself, because if I was waiting around for other people, it never happened.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: And like I say, life's too short. So just, just go and find a way. And it's doing those kind of things, getting out of your comfort zone that does build your confidence. And, you know, if you can, go from thinking oh that's not for me and to to winning the title and having the confidence to stand up there and up in a bikini then anybody can do anything
1: (laughs) absolutely they can like they absolutely can and that's what I try to say like like you I've shared a couple of snippets of my life journey on here and I've been through so like a lot of adversity yeah if I can overcome those things if I can overcome those fears those beliefs like I'm telling you that if you're listening to this and things are holding you back, you can overcome it, right? A hundred percent, you can overcome it, right? What's the biggest thing that you gives you... power? that power. Gives, what's the, <laughs> they do. What's the biggest thing that gives you your confidence? Uh, I think self-belief. Belief. I think something that's really helpful, um, like when we go through adversity, our confidence gets knocked. I quite often, uh, uh, confidence can end up on the floor. I know mine did, with bloody scars again across my head. Look like I couldn't even look in the mirror sometimes without falling apart, or catch a glimpse of myself without without falling apart. I didn't think I'd ever want to be in front of anybody ever again. Uh, never mind standing on stage in a bikini, right? Um, but something that's really powerful is to remind yourself of what you've already overcome. To like connect back to your inner strengths, yeah. Connect back to who you are. Keep yourself off other sh- stuff as well. Like if your confidence has been not, avoid social media for a bit. A- mm-hmm. Avoid being around uh, around just other people's lives. Focus on yours. Focus on building yourself up. Remind yourself what you're being through. Anytime you forget it, like come back to that because uh, when we're going through stuff as well, and our confidence has been knocked we we do forget who we are. Like we can forget how strong we are. We can forget. Like, yeah, we can really forget ourselves, like forget what what we're capable of. And so a really good way to help you feel uh feel stronger is to remind yourself of what it is you've already done. Yeah. What you've already like overcome.
0: I love that. And that's one of the things that I tell people to and getting them to like even writing a list of 50 things you've achieved in your life. Even from yeah. simple things like learning to tie your shoelaces, like the little things that are overlooked. Like that's quite difficult yeah. to do as a child. If you ever, like, have you recently watched a child try to tie their shoelaces? They find it difficult.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is. And that's another thing that we tend to do as well, today is not acknowledge our own stuff. Mm -hmm. right we look outside and we look at somebody else and we go wow how amazing congratulations like you're incredible that you did that and then we achieve things I was working with a client recently she's like she's been a doctor for years and she's achieved so much in her life and but she's never is acknowledging her own achievements it's like Mm -hmm. oh yeah but I haven't done this oh yeah but I could have done that oh yeah but whoa 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 wait there Mm -hmm. (laughs) so you out for a minute look at what you have done uh and I always like to say to people, yeah, like look, find a, a find something that you've been through and ask yourself, what what did it take you to possess to overcome that thing? Because connect back to that and love yourself for for having that, for for having that strength, for being able to accomplish and overcome what you have.
0: I love that. I think that's a really nice point to leave people on to let them go and do that work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well and good listening and
1: learning, but unless you actually
0: implement and take action, nothing's
1: going to change. Exactly. Exactly that. The best thing to do after you've just listened as well yeah. is
0: take action. Go take action. So if you could give people one thing to, to do immediately from this, what would it be?
1: Yeah, rem- well, wow, remind remind yourself. Remind yourself of what a powerful human you are. Right? If you're going through stuff at the moment and you're not feeling like it, then connect back to it like whatever you're going through right now is just a moment in your life it's just a at most a chapter mm. right it's not the whole book and there are many many more for you to write so don't let don't let what has happened like keep you stuck from being everything that you can be connect back to what's important and set some goals and like Yeah, make this next chapter count. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) definitely. And no, I love that. Thank you very much for joining us on
0: the Coffee's Mastery Podcast. Where can people online stalk you? Because we agree with online stalking, just not in person.
1: (laughs) I love that. Uh, So my uh, name is Scarlett O'Connor. You'll find me on Instagram as Scarlett O'Connor UK and my website is scars to strength so if you'd like to look uh, at how I can help you or the different offerings I have on there there's a lot of free resources on that then uh, you can go to strength.com.
0: amazing thank you very much we will put that in the show notes definitely do check Scarlett out as you have just heard and listened to she's an amazing woman doing incredible things and also now traveling the world so Really exploring what what is out there in the world. So thank you very much for joining us today, Scarlett. Thank you to everybody listening. Make sure you share this with your friends, family, colleagues, people you don't even like, because you know helping <laughs> others is a great thing to do. <laughs> so make sure you um, download and um, share. And um, thank you very much. We will see you on the next one. Bye.
1: Thanks, Nasty. Bye. We'll be right